0: taking it to a
1: do-it-yourself level hello and welcome to another edition of the beyond zero show recorded in the studios of 3cr melbourne syndicated around australia on the community radio network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au and you can listen on your favorite podcast app and don't forget you can also follow us on twitter at bze tech show my name is Kay Wenigal and today I'm joined by Natalie Bucknell and Michael Steindall. Hello, Kay. day, Kay. Now, just before we get on with today's guest, I'd just like to let you all know the latest with regard to the South Australian power blackouts. The Bureau of Meteorology has released a report into the supercell thunderstorm and it mapped out a passage of the storm and noted seven tornadoes with wind gusts up to 260 kilometres an hour of a critical network infrastructure. That's amazing, 260 kilometres an hour gusts. This report made it clear that a freak weather event caused the state, well, statewide blackout. A recent article in Renew Economy pointed out that well before the storm, AEMO, the Australian energy market operator, took no action to protect energy security and continued to run the interconnector between Victoria and South Australia at near full capacity with no backup contingency. The SES, the State Emergency Services, did heed bombs warnings and acted, but AEMO did nothing, and then afterwards, along with our esteemed Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister, blamed wind energy for the blackout. Just to be clear, under Chapter 4 of the NEM, National Energy Market Rules and Regulations, AEMO does have the power under current regulations to take action as needed. They have in the past declared credible contingency when lightning strikes were observed. There's now call for an independent inquiry into the Australian energy market operators' actions, or more to the point, lack of action that day. And and this also comes at a time that Australia's been singled out again, yet again, as a climate laggard, being ranked fifth worst in the world for emissions and policies among the developed countries and amongst the sixth worst countries in the G20 when when it comes to climate action. In the Climate Change Performance Index that was released overnight in the UN climate talks in Marrakesh, Australia comes ahead of only Kazakhstan, South Korea, Japan and Saudi Arabia. Amazing, isn't it? Josh Frydenberg is very disappointed that people are using these facts to judge Australia's performance. Increasingly, that report noted that Australia's hostile relationship between federal and state government policies and said, while the former were rather out. Un- Unambitious and uninspired, the latter managed to some extent take independent action. Sad, isn't it, that we have to rely on the states to take action on what experts worldwide label as the greatest challenge humanity has ever faced. Here we go. Now back to our programme. Today we're talking to Mark Padwick and he is the managing director of Sand in Australia. He's been in this role for twenty six years and has done a number of business degrees since taking on this role. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: G'day. How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you. Thanks for making the time. You're welcome. Now, Mark, you state in your profile that one of the causes you care about is the environment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I guess. You know, I um, I just want to correct a little bit. I haven't actually been managing directors in Australia for 26 years. I've, I've been working for the organisation for 26 years. Oh, i I've been M- okay. MD for five of that, but that's OK.
1: No uh, mistake. Look,
0: you know... Climate change, you, you you, can argue it's real, you can argue it's not real, but at the end of the day, you know, everything that we do that affects the earth for our kids is important. Um, so that's why I'm sort of you know, heavily involved in energy efficiencies. Anything we can do to reduce the consumption of energy has got to be a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you're MD of Standard International in Australia, yep. and... Sandin's a Japanese-owned
0: air conditioning company? Yes, it is. um, Sandin Australia's a fully-owned subsidiary of Sandin Japan, a Japanese company that's been around since 1940-something, a $10 billion global company. And we do everything from automotive air conditioning right through to heat pump, hot water systems, commercial refrigeration, vending machines. But our, our core technology is refrigeration.
2: So Sandin is well known for its very efficient eco hot water pump, uh, Mark. And that, yeah. that's for uh, the listeners who are not familiar with a heat pump, is basically a refrigerator. Um, in this case, you're operating it in reverse. You're taking heat from the air and pumping it into the fluid. You, you use a CO2 refrigerant, which is quite unusual amongst the heat pumps. Can you describe how this works in a bit more detail, please?
0: Yeah, so we're, we're um, the only company in Australia that's providing a CO2 refrigeration system for the heat pump. And and you're pretty right. It it is a little bit like an air conditioner in reverse. We we use the air to to cool the refrigerant, and it's a pressure-temperature relationship. And uh, obviously, the higher your your pressures, the higher your temperatures. CO2 is is a great refrigerant because it's got fairly high temperatures. It's um, zero ODP. It has no global warming effect. So from a refrigerant point of view, it's, it's ideal. And it gives us extremely high temperatures um, with very little energy input. So it's about a kilowatt of energy and gives us 4.5 kilowatts out.
2: And that's what you call a coefficient of performance, isn't it, that ratio? That's,
0: that's correct. That's the ratio of, of coefficient of performance.
2: And anything above what four is, is regarded as good?
0: Yeah, there's, there's very little um, heat pumps around with a COP of, of greater than four. Okay. Without, so... that, that, that obviously changes if you add a... Um, solar system or, or some of the other systems around do have slightly higher COPs but pretty well fours. So there um, you're talking there.
2: about a solar system in conjunction with a heat pump so instead of just trying to pull it out of the air you're pulling it out of solar panels and making it even more efficient is that yes. right?
0: yeah.
2: And what's the difference between hot water heat pumps and electric hot water systems and solar hot water systems then?
0: So I guess Life started with a, a, what we call a conventional resistance-type hot water system, which is basically a tin can with an um, electric element, a bit like a very large kettle, mm-hmm. and it just boils the water on, on demand. Um, you know, they've come a long way in their time, but a, a very, quite an expensive way of, of, of creating hot water. Effective then,
2: but very inefficient.
0: Correct, correct, yep, but but low cost. Um, mm-hmm. Then you move to the next sort of phase with solar hot water where you see the the panels on the roof of the house. That started off with flat panels basically running water through a black tube, if you like, and and picking up the radiant heat. Um, And then there's a more sophisticated product like evacuated tube, which, again, the efficiencies um, improve again. And then then the heat pump technology came on where we use um, refrigerant to heat the hot water. So that's basically the, the life cycle, if you like, of the hot water units.
3: So how long have these hot water heat pumps been around on the market, overseas and in Australia, Mark?
0: So the, 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 our particular product's been over in the Japanese market for uh,
3: 10 to 11 years now,
0: I guess. And we've had it in the Australian market for about four to five years. Heat pumps in general in the Australian market have probably been around about six to seven years
3: and And are you able to say how many units have been installed in australia
0: uh, it's I'm you know, fairly sort of commercially sensitive but but I guess we have a um, a population now of of over uh, about
3: ten thousand plus okay so they're they're getting a good test test run yes yeah
1: and and is the number increasing every year as yes, people it is. get to understand what the technology is about?
0: Yes, it is. We're seeing, um, you know, phenomenal growth um, in, in the double-digit growth.
1: Mm-hmm. And so and, that would mean that you'll have more and more competition coming onto the market as well?
0: Oh, I'm sure, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, there's, there's already, um, I don't know, 10, 12-plus heat pump manufacturers systems already available on the marketplace. Oh,
1: okay. Yep. But yours actually is known very much for how quiet its performance is.
0: Yes, well, uh, and that's that's you know been one of the disadvantages of heat pumps in in the past. People have stayed away from them because they are have been traditionally noisy. Um, You've got a refrigeration system sitting on top of a tank. It's kind of you know it's going to make a bit of a rattle. Um, Ours is down to thirty eight dB, which is about the the noise of your. Laptop fan when it starts up, or about the background noise in a um, in a library. So it's extremely quiet, and mm. Mm. Um, we've we've been able to do that by having a split system. So our, our system is separated tank from the um, refrigeration system.
1: Okay, that's right. You can actually have yours a, a fair way away from the tank itself, can't you?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's design parameters are. Um, four metres between the tank and the heat pump. So it gives the opportunity to put a tank inside, heat pump on the outside, or um, it just gives a little more variation to the installation.
1: And would it matter where you put the heat pump? You know, in, in terms of, say, an air conditioning unit, the outdoor unit is usually in a fairly shady protected area, so it doesn't have the hot sun on it. Would the reverse be true for a heat pump? Unit? Um,
0: if you want to go down to the finer technical details... Um, there is some minor, very, very minor efficiencies to be gained by having it in um, a sort of warm spot. But, you know, to be perfectly blunt, you'd have to have all the instruments attached to it to actually notice that that difference. Uh So, you know, we say it doesn't really matter, shade, sunny side. Um, The system operates in Japan from sort of minus 25 degrees to plus 40. So... Minus there's 25
1: the, to plus 40.
0: Yeah, there's always yeah. some latent heat in the air. It's amazing.
1: Wow. And does the coefficient of performance vary?
0: It does. Obviously, the it drops. It does drop as it gets colder, yes.
3: So what what sort of range do you, do you get for the lower temperatures?
0: Um, I don't have the data in front of me, but it it ranges somewhere between sort of 3 to 4.5. Mm-hmm. My, so down my, in the minus 10s, you're looking at around
2: 3s. um that's quite surprising to me that you say there's um, not such a difference between um, putting it in a, a warm spot or a, a cool spot, and in particular functioning down to those sort of temperatures because my um, ancient thermodynamics knowledge says that the, the difference between the two temperatures you're trying to pump between um, affects the efficiency by a square factor. So if it's only a couple of degrees you're trying to pump, it, it can be highly efficient, but as you get a larger gap... Um, the efficiency decreases by the square of that difference. Um, but you're saying you can actually run down to minus 25. That's staggering. Yeah, and,
0: and, and you're, you're, you're exactly right. But we're talking about um, one or two, de- well, not even maybe one or two degree differences between um, the western side and the eastern side in terms of ambient air. When we talk about the difference between... Um, Night and 10 day. Well, or, or- or, or 10 degrees to minus 25 degrees, then then yes, there is a, a there a is big a notice yeah. a noticeable difference of course
3: yeah so well, I'm
0: talking just in the typical um, suburban application
2: okay so rather than the orientation what about the difference between um, night and day or running it at, at five in the morning or five in the afternoon do you then have time clocks on it that that make it try to run in the the warmest part of the day and we- and if so do you then have a booster if it's not hot enough in the wee hours of the morning no
0: so it it um Unpack those questions. First of all, we don't have a, boost, a booster in the tank at all. So there's no boost system in it at all.
2: Well, a um, boost run, I mean, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Boost run is a bit of a sort of um, a bit of a, a misleading terminology, I think, in our product. So basically, the way we set the um, control logic is that the system has a time clock in it. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the control logic is to try and get the unit to start at 10 a.m. in the morning. Obviously, that's the sort of the, the best part of the day, if you like. Yep. And then it'll if if you don't do anything else to it, it'll run from ten till midday one, to o'clock, depending on your hot water demand. Um if you're on um off peak tariff, such as my home, my unit runs um from midnight till six AM in the morning. Um because it's on a lower tariff.
2: So there you're optimizing cost versus efficiency.
0: Um, correct. Yeah, yeah. And look, at the end of the day, you need to ask the question, or most customers need to ask the question, what is their biggest priority, hot water or energy saving? Mm -hmm. You'll find 98% of people turn around and go, "Uh, probably hot water. So you're always trying to make a compromise, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also the other unit has a block out timer. So if you're on a time of use tariff, you can make sure your unit doesn't run at your highest tariff rate of that day. Or if you've got PV generation, you can block it out not to run at night. Obviously, the compromise to that, if you have a large family and you will have lots of hot water showers late in the evening, then you're not going to get any heating over the night period. Hmm. So chances are you'll get a cold shower in the morning or a cooler shower in the morning.
2: Yeah, so sort of the optimum is probably showers in the morning and then let it recover with the daytime
0: heat. Perfect, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, The system, we really designed the system for um, PV application, you know, so you're, you're generating electricity in, during the day, you heat your hot water during the day of that, during that generation period and then you store it for we, use later Which, of course, on. is
2: going to become increasingly relevant as people come off the PFIT tariffs and it's much more productive for them to use that electricity at home rather than try to sell it back to the grid at a fraction Ab- of the price. Yeah, oh, well,
0: your are opening story about you know, the issues in South Australia. If you've got PVs on your roof, you don't mm-hmm. have a problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. For those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to the Beyond Zero Emissions show on 3CR and we're talking to Mark Padwick about the sand and hot water heat pump unit. Mark, getting back to um, the the cost element, I understand that STCs, the Small Scale uh, Technology Certificate rebates, are available for these units. What sort of savings does that give a, a client? It,
0: it depends in which um, climate, climatic zone you're in, but um, we get about 32 STCs in the Sydney region, and that equates to a savings of, of around about $1,200. Um, that figure varies, obviously, because the STC... Is a traded commodity and it goes up mm-hmm. and down depending on the, the market value, but approximately twelve
3: hundred. So, what sort of payback period are people generally looking at, Mark, for a unit like this?
0: This is the question I always hate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I must
3: declare a vested interest. I'm a potential customer. <laughs> um, look, my
0: advice to customers is: don't do the payback calculation. To be to be perfectly honest, if you were to do it on today's. Uh, First of all, it depends on your energy cost. That's the first deciding yes, factor. Yeah. Um, so it can vary between seven to 10 years, depending on your, as I said, your energy cost and your usage pattern and, and all that sort of stuff. So my advice to customers is you don't really look at it as a an investment with a payback period. It, it's more about future-proofing your home. Yes. Um, against any, because we don't know what energy costs, we've seen significant energy costs in the last year or two, and we don't know what they may be you know, moving forward. So I, I try and sort of say to customers, really don't sit down and try and do the, the, the payback calculation because it, it's, it's got so many assumptions built into it. Um, but if you really want to push me on the point, I'd say, you know, seven to ten years.
2: I think seven to ten is reasonable. I think one of the faults that in Australia, we look too short term, and we should be encouraged to look longer term, like that. Yes, um, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So a, a four kilowatt air conditioning unit um, is around a thousand to fifteen hundred mark. Yours are um, much more expensive. What? Where's the difference in cost for your units?
0: Yeah, um, basically, well, the, the, the difference in cost is in the, the te- in the technology. Um, we have a, um, a stainless steel, stainless steel marine grade stainless steel tank. With, with a 15-year pro-rata warranty on it. Um, the technology in the CO2, you have to have slightly different um, refrigeration lines and heat exchangers. Um, there's some, some smarts in the way that the, the fan motor runs to keep the noise level down. So that, that's where your cost is going.
2: And, of course, I guess you're buying a heat pump and a tank, not just a heat pump.
0: Well, you're, you're always buying a heat pump and a tank, no matter yeah, what... Yeah,
2: no, I mean, with an air conditioner, you're just buying the heat pump basically in a fan. With yours, oh, yes. you're buying yes. um, the full air conditioning unit and yes. the tank as well.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, you are doing a comparison about air conditioning. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't pick that. Yes, that's correct. Yep.
1: Mark, um, people are, that are trying to act on climate change are also trying to get off gas completely, mm-hmm. and cooking's easily converted to an induction cooktop. Heating's done efficiently using the reverse cycle air conditioners, hot water is done with heat pumps like yours. But what about the hydronic market? Do you cover that as well? I'd love hydronic to. Hydronic heating?
0: I'd love to, yes. Um, in Japan, we do. In mm. Australia, we're still um, trying to get ahead around it. Um, the heat pump is an ideal product for hydronic heating. Mm. and And Australians, it's funny, we do lots of home shows. Australians are asking more and more now about hydronic heating, whereas two years ago... Um, We didn't get asked at all. Um, So the answer is yes, the product. Our our hot water system currently is designed purely for hot water. We have had some people apply it to Hydronic with some very limited success. But we do have a Hydronic system available in Japan. But one of our problems for us in this market is we, we live in fairly large, uninsulated homes. So the six kilowatt system that we typically use in Japan isn't going to cut the mustard in Australia.
1: So Japan has a 6-kilowatt system, nothing bigger than that? Currently, no. Ah, oh, okay. No. Right. So you can't just put in a, a, a bigger unit? You haven't developed a bigger unit? No, no. We're, we're, we're,
0: we're, we're on to it. Watch oh. this space and, and come oh, and okay. talk to me in a year's time.
1: In a year's time. Great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
3: yeah. So what sort of area would a 6-kilowatt system heat, Mark?
0: Uh, again, I don't have the, um, the exact details in front of me, but it's typically a small sort of one- to two-bedroom, well-insulated Japanese home. Mm. Um, you know, we, we're, we 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 see, so typically in Australia, we're seeing a demand of somewhere between 11 to 15 kilowatts for hydraulic heating. Mm. So that gives you a kind of perspective as to the size that the
2: market requires. Hey. The hydronic um, to do hydronic would you have to have a bigger tank to have more storage, or you have to have um, different electronics that says, okay, if if you've sucked some of the heat out with the hydronics and it's getting below a certain point, then I need to cut back in, even if it's outside the the blank out period. Yeah,
0: so you don't have you don't um, so on our hydronic system, you don't have a tank per se. You have a a small, much smaller. Oh, a you, don't, tank.
2: you don't store and, the hot water. You try to generate it as you, you need it.
0: You generate it on demand, pretty much. Yeah, and it depends. And again, there's it, it, there's lots of variations of hydronic. Obviously, there's there's floor heating hydronic, which requires mm. a much much lower temperature. Yes, mm. and then you've got space heater, space heating hydronics, which is radiators or fan blowers. Am I correct in thinking
2: it? that the space heating one for hydronic need a higher um, average temperature than a household yes. hot water?
0: Uh,
2: yes. Yes, yes. Mm. Okay, so that's a problem with using the existing one too. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, your unit has a, a small heating element in the compressor control unit that kicks in and keeps the electronics from freezing. Uh, is that correct? Uh, the storage yeah, can- not so
0: much the electronics, but you've got a large um, condensing unit which obviously is cooling um, the refrigerant, so it gets, it does get ice on it.
2: Yeah, uh, sorry. Or, or on a
0: very say. heavy, dewy day, uh, you could get an ice-up um, condition, so we have a... Um, inbuilt defrost mechanism where we just run the refrigerant backwards, actually.
1: And another feature that um, the and unit has is that it circulates the the water at the bottom with the top so that there's no stratification, I understand.
0: Um, not 100% correct, but yes, we, we do things a little different. We do it a little backwards. We, we take the cold water out the bottom of the tank and we return it sixty five degrees to the top of the tank, and and that gives us really good um, stratification
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay, through the tank. So, yeah, which is what a solar hot water system tries to do too. You, you, yes, you get the most efficiency heating that bottom cold water and let it settle yes. up the top. Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, Mark, the um, you said you're a global air conditioning company. Um, I'm not clear. Um, is your focus mainly on vehicles, in particular in Australia? The, the, there's something like the Dakin US-7 air conditioning unit, which is currently regarded as, as the industry gold standard in Australia. Um, are, do you have competitive air conditioning units for the space heating and cooling?
0: Uh, we don't want, we're not in the um, space heating cooling market, so we're not in the Dakin Fujitsu um, domestic air conditioning market. The air conditioning and refrigeration that we do is the commercial... Um, drink coolers. So typically if you go into a milk bar, you'll see a, a Schweppes cooler or, or a, a Coke cool, bottle cooler. We do that sort of stuff. Back of bar, restaurant, um, refrigeration equipment and, and also automotive air conditioning. Uh, so do they're
1: you, our okay. main yep. do, you, do you have any idea of the cost of installing one of your units?
0: Oh, um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I understand you're not in that. Area, but um, it, I just wanted to just
0: you can... again a very very and and don't quote me. <laughs> it's a strange thing to say. <laughs> no when you're no on one's no here, one's but... listening to this, right? <laughs> no, no I'm listening at all, are they? It, 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 typically, it's around about four thousand dollars, depending on the the site and the degree of difficulty, and you know what electrical wires need to be run, what piping needs to be done. But
2: and if one... you use
0: four thousand of ballpark, you wouldn't you wouldn't be too terribly surprised.
2: And the warranties, I, I think the warranty on the tank is a lot longer than the warranty on the pump, is that yes, right?
0: The, yes, the warranty on the tank is 15-year prorata. Mm-hmm. The warranty on the heat pump is three years.
2: So that surprised me a little bit because it does have a reputation as such a quality unit, but um, you, you only give a three-year warranty on the heat pump.
0: Yeah, um, it's something the engineering sort of team said, well, that's that's what we're looking at, <laughs> where um, warranty is one of those strange beasts. It's a commercial decision-based with a little bit of engineering background, um, and and we are looking at um, whether we can um, increase the warranty period. Um, It's like most newcomers onto a marketplace. You want to be um, best in the market, so you peg yourself just slightly above your competitor. Mm -hmm. Somebody matches us to three to five years, maybe we'll have to look at moving it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I
2: thought you were going to bump it up on air for
0: us. (laughs) No, 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 not, not quite yet.
1: So, how does someone go about getting a, a unit installed? Are there distributors all around Australia?
0: Yes, yeah, so we have um, certified or, or trained installation technicians. Um, the best suggestion I can do, I can make, is um, if you go to our website, which is au, you can plug in your um, postcode, and that will give you three to five um, of our installers in your region. You can get a quote off them. It also gives you your STC rebate. So you can put in your postcode and there's a a few questions you need to answer and it'll also give you an estimated calculation of your STC rebate.
2: And uh, there's also, um, for our listeners, an independent website called My Efficient Electric Home that uh, people can go to that has lots of user experiences um, which uh, might be helpful too.
0: Yes, and and also the, the, um, the government website... Um, the Department of um, Energy Efficiency, I think I don't have the website in front of me, but they also have some really good information on um, heat pumps and, and various pieces of technology. And also the STCs are, are um, explained. So every, every manufacturer has to have um, their, t- their units independently tested, and we apply for the STC. So that gives you a really good independent view of who's the, who's where in the marketplace.
2: Okay, Mark, um, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for today and, and um, filling us in on the, the sand and heat pump.
0: You're welcome.
2: And, um, you've already told us where to go for your website. Nothing else you need to add on that?
0: I don't think so. I think um, my only advice to all listeners is if you if you are moving into a hot water heat pump situation, <laughs> research, research, research.
2: Thank you very much, Mark. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions Think Tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, you can go to bze.org.au and click on the podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter with the at Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you again next week. And don't forget to listen to our sister program every Monday afternoon at 5pm.
1: You've been listening
2: to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
0: It's not a product, it's a technology.
1: It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension.
0: There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Time Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in
3: all our interests. All political lines.
0: Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster.